0: And on the huddle today, Simon Wilson Herald, senior writer and fellow, Riley Duke partners and former CEO of Business New Zealand. Gentlemen, hello. Hi there. Hello. Simon, he didn't seem as though he was right into it, <laughs> did he now, Mr. Foster? He's, is, he's not an advocate for this. He's he was really a bureaucrat. He
1: really sounded not so much a bureaucrat as a as a mayor who's entering an election campaign not knowing which way the wind blows. <laughs> you would think Aucklanders might want to have a mayor who had some views on issues like this by this point and was prepared to say, I believe in this or I believe in that and go for it. Um, I just well, thought that was an astonishing... Yeah. After four rounds of public consultation, he is still not able to say, I like it or I don't.
0: I, I like it and let's go for this Wellington. Yeah, it's a good thing. Phil O'Reilly, uh, though the point lies in there that it's 85 to to $100 million at a time that is not economically good for councils. Post-COVID, it's not the best timing.
2: Well, of course, the challenge he's also got is... Uh, Wellington City Council is full of anti-car ideologues, and the business community <laughs> wants a more balanced approach to this. And he's he's caught a cord between a rock and a hard place. a bit, uh, poor old Mayor Foster, because he's having to run a run a line that the council wants him to run, or there was council some of the council laws want him to run, and the business community is saying, Can we have some more balance?" I don't think anybody would suggest that you shouldn't have more public transport options and more walking options in Wellington. You've already got a lot of them. I don't think anybody would suggest that you shouldn't do up parts of the Golden Mile that have got pretty tired over the last twenty-five years, but Now, the business community, I think, has some pretty sensible points here to say, you know, best will in the world, people are going to come to the city to shop, and if they're not, they're going to go to Lower Hutt or somewhere else. And so you've got to be truly competitive uh, with Wellington Road. Can I just respond to that?
1: Because, Phil, you know, the only ideologues in this debate are the people who believe that you need car parks outside shops in order for people to go shopping. If you think about that for just a moment, if the shops were... If the shops needed 100 car parks on the Golden Mile in order to survive, that's just a complete nonsense. We know in New Zealand that deaths and serious injuries on our roads, now now about half the people who suffer those deaths and serious injuries are people not in a car, people being Mm. hit by cars. Wellington's Golden Mile is notorious for that because it because it's narrow and and people don't look properly. Actually, most of the people, people
2: like. get run over by the one at Golden Mile. get run over by buses as a yeah. matter of yeah. fact. Right? So well, let's watch it's buses for that. and
1: it's cars. And if you create this is a splendid time for Wellington to revise its shopping precinct because, as Andrew said <clears> earlier, there are not a lot of people uh, in town yet. They make that into a splendid pedestrian-focused shopping precinct. They will revitalize the city centre in a way that nothing else could.
0: But, but the, but the problem yeah, we have Simon,
1: Simon the problem we have is the high streets
0: all around the country are dying. Because of malls. And what malls Not do true. is they, they put a shopping, they, they put a, a parking building right beside it, and then people walk out of there and then walk around yeah. the mall.
1: Well, that, that's the thing, isn't it? So, yeah. so there's so something to learn competing. from that. People don't need to park outside the shop. No. Shopping malls so, prove it.
0: So so why don't we have mo- slightly, if you're going to take 200 parks away from the side streets in Wellington, why don't you say, and by the way, we've built a 100 uh, car parking I building. I would argue
1: that um, for at this stage of the development, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah But the critical issue there is if you create an outdoor mall-type environment for your Mm. shops on your high street, uh, it will be attractive to shoppers.
0: All right, Phil O'Reilly and uh, Simon Wilson are on The Huddle, and still to come, we'll look at the uh, Pacific Island Forum, which is in disarray. It's 15 to 6. 12 to 6, this is The Huddle, former CEO of Business New Zealand, Phil O'Reilly, and from The Herald, Simon Wilson. Uh, The Pacific Island Forum is in a little bit of chaos. Kiribati has withdrawn. Uh, this after China, of course, making overtures to Kiribati and Micronesia. So, Phil O'Reilly, do, does our region face a crisis now? Are we not nearly as together as we
2: thought we were? I don't think it's a crisis. What, what I think is happening is the Pacific's starting to find their own space and their own muscle and their own worldview in a much more aggressive way than they were previously. And I think that's a good thing, as a matter of fact. And we make a mistake when we think the Pacific's all the same, of course. we We lazily think that. In fact, there's lots of very significant differences between... Different Pacific nations, and it just goes to the challenge. I think that not just New Zealand, but also Australia, the United States, Japan, and others—the larger powers in the region—have actually start treating these people seriously. To take it seriously, engage with them properly. Less of the slogans. Less of the. Less of the sort of uh, dodgy, not dodgy, but less of the shallow aid that we tend to throw around, unless you engage with them properly. And I think that's actually the solution. It's not a crisis. Yeah. So I mean, they're they, 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 not careful.
0: They call us a bit paternalistic, don't they? And they're right. Uh, I <laughs> think they're right. <laughs> they're right. I think
1: Phil's that. absolutely right in everything he said there. It's not. It's not one homogenous block. Um, it's not clear that. Um, I think it's insulting and paternalistic to. Uh, say that Kiribati is acting as a puppet of China in this. Uh, They they appear to have a range of reasons why they are upset. Uh, and they need to be dealt with internally in the Pacific, um, and New Zealand needs to be helped. But, but why, when I say paternalistic, I, what I'm saying is that
0: Australia, what they're saying is that New Zealand and Australia think that the Pacific Island Forum just rubber stamps their decisions, and the other guys, this is what we're up to, okay, guys, because we're the big boys.
1: Yeah, I think there's for some time now there's been some pushback against that. Yeah, but as Phil says, oh. uh, it's not it's not one block. It, many different voices in there we need to be actively now, engaged with all of them
0: now I don't know whether you guys heard the interview at the beginning of the hour this is from the College of Nurses and they wanted to start a campaign to double the number of Practitioning Nurses that can be produced and they put a funding model to the Ministry of the Health and the Ministry of Health said no and then the next minute there was some media and then Health New Zealand was created and then they say yes and they talked about the frustration Phil the frustration uh, of getting a good idea through bureaucracy is holding this country back
2: Well, and, of course, the the model of a bureaucracy is the Ministry of Health, and we've seen a bit of that over the last couple of years, of course, uh, for the good and the bad. But this is an extraordinary thing. Did we not realise that we were going to go through this? I mean, we all knew when we opened the border. We were told, as a matter of fact, we were going to have the flu and COVID and it was going to be a tough time and you'd think during the last two years did the government do anything at all about being creative about thinking what are we going to do get people in across the border get doctors and nurses across the border train up some people otherwise that might might be lower skill and that's what we're talking about here did they do anything about that plainly they did nothing and as a result we're all now under threat of going back into red or whatever the whatever the whatever the issue might be and, and you think what was going on during COVID time, to prepare for what was inevitably going to occur, clearly nothing. And good on the College of Nurses for doing what they've done, and shame on the health bureaucrats and the politicians, saying now, no, we don't need to worry yeah, about that. Go ahead, I, th- I
1: think, Phil, yeah, that's a, a very good question to ask. I, I've assumed that the government's strategy at the moment in regard to immigration is to say this is an opportunity for us to deal seriously with a range of problems of not enough New Zealanders taking up the jobs that are available in this country, most mm-hmm. obviously in areas like fruit picking and hospitality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a really serious intention to get New Zealanders to do those jobs, and uh, I think that's admirable. Yeah, But it makes no sense at all when we come to the health sector. Mm. It's really clear there's a, there is are, there are a shortage of, of health people all over the world. It, there's not a large pool of people out there who are just waiting to come to New Zealand. Yeah, They've got right. their pick of everywhere. And it's really clear we have to develop a much bigger local workforce, but the government has not yet been doing that.
0: Well, it hasn't been doing it for 10 or 15 years. I've done this interview a thousand times. Can we double the numbers of doctors being trained? No, not enough money. Can we double the number of nurses being trained? Not enough money. When will know?
2: there ever be enough money, Phil? <laughs> well, they're splashing money on any number of things. I mean, mean, thousands of new bureaucrats in money and some of those are my best friends, so I'm not critical of bureaucrats per se. Yes, you are. <laughs> you know, you think to yourself, you know actually, no, they really are some of my best friends. But the, the, the you just think, really, where was the was the horsepower to say, actually, we're going to focus yeah. on the health sector? Because we know that that is creaking, and we know it's going to get a lot worse than the border opens. We all knew this. This was going on in the public conversation Tell you what, Phil, years ago. I reckon there's what a good sign
1: there. Um, you know, um, Rob Campbell sitting there um, with the Health Advisory Board, and I think the government's structural changes to health are long overdue, and if anything's going to make a difference, that has please, to.
0: Please, please, and I thank you. Simon Wilson and Phil O'Reilly.